Hello once again, and welcome to the last episode of the 2016 Black History Month podcast, The Community of Culture, The Black Perspective. I'm your host once again, Brandon Sams, and with me for our final hurrah, I have... Miss Alicia. Oh. Oh. Um, (laughs) Michaela. And Queen Sterling. Oh, wow. Um, Such titles. Okay. Um, (laughs) We're all queens. We're all queens. (laughs) And kings. But queens. Um, Speaking of queens and kings, Michaela, this week to start it off, you talked about black beauty and black excellence and giving an ode, so to speak, to the black populace. Why don't you let everyone at home know what you got down to? Y'all. Y'all. Black people are so beautiful. Like there's so much diversity just within our race and just in regards to appearance, not even like getting on the fact that like we have all these different styles and personas and man, I mean, you could be, you're if you're a black person, you're just, I don't know, you're so wonderful. Cause you can be, <laughs> right, your race is black, but you can also be like, from um, like five bajillion different ethnicities. Like you can be an Afro-Latino, or you can be Creole, or you can be a Texas Bama, or you can be a straight up nigga. I mean, it's it's just beautiful. And just like the range in our skin tones, like, oh, the melanin's so on fleek, so beautiful. I can't even deal with it sometimes. Like when I go to like, cause I I used to go to, like an all black church, but it was a really big Baptist church. And you just like look out and see all the well-dressed black people and you like, (laughs) y'all so nice looking. (laughs) You know, I mean, just the skin tone, the different hair textures, the different hairstyles, oh my God, don't get me started on that. I change my hair like every two weeks, just cause I can. That's very true. And it definitely encapsulates (laughs) the uniqueness of blackness because our hair is, Unique and just as you talk about in the column, the beauty that we encompass is just very unique to us, which I think is kind of nice. <laughs> I think someone else should say something because I would literally just go on. <laughs> what y'all think? I thought it was beautiful, it made me smile. <laughs> A lot of your comments make me smile, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think we are beautiful, and I do like that uh, we're very versatile with our hair and you know like you just you got to keep up and I love that like other races it's just so boring and like just (laughs) like (laughs) I can't even I can't even explain it but I love our diversity yeah it's what makes us unique and like you wish you were us like kind of like <laughs> how like going off what you said like other races are like bleh because when we have an event it's like no you better dress to impress like mm-hmm. it's just nobody's gonna show up in some jeans just in some tennis shoes a swim top and some shorts and some yeah flip-flops. like it's well known that <laughs> Kendra Scott's if on. there's about to be a bunch of black people there you better show up looking nice or else you're gonna get talked about so uh-oh, Sterling. At me. Well, I said in like one of my col- well, yeah, one of my true. columns earlier, I'm like, well, we shouldn't necessarily like judge if somebody like <clears throat> for whatever reason doesn't have on something that we feel like they slay in or anything that we should talk about them um, because not everybody has like the means to 
wear what's like trendy or hot or popping at the time like they'll have their own style but not everybody will agree with their own style you know so it's like you know just because you see somebody and you don't think they dress to slay that might be their slay that might be their personal slay that is true you found i don't agree oh okay explain because yes it's not nice to talk about people but you can still slay on a dollar. I'm just going to put that out there because you can still. And there's a difference between someone like judging someone's outfit just because it doesn't match what they deem as acceptable or whatever, cute. And just being like, oh, you could have showed up like you are like dressed like you cared that's what i mean because when we show up to places as a group our race we dress to show that we care if that makes sense like i guess people depending on the event for us like like some events like will cause for jeans and a t-shirt and some tennis shoes that's cool you look cute or have like the throwback jersey on blah 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 and that or and then there are other formal events that you need to wear formal wear or mm-hmm. business attire events, uh, attire events where you need to have business attire. I totally agree. Like we need to dress for the occasion that is appropriately. I'm not going to say if it's a formal event that you need to walk in there and just put your ripped up jeans and a, a bando. Like, no, that's that's not that's not what you do. Don't come up in there in running shorts and don't come up in there with a running bra. No, <laughs> but. Um, at the same time, like, for whatever reason, our community will, like, look at somebody a lot of times, and they'll have a certain, like, a different style, and they'll just be like, oh, why she or he got that on? That's so weird. You, you know, you feel me? Like, yeah, I can see that. And it's, and it's not anything, like, they are not dressed to the occasion, per se. They just have a, a different, yeah, like, style. They don't conform style. to they, the conventional style. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Like, honestly, you, Michaela, you have your own style. Like, yes. you don't have, like, the conventional, like, whatever. Not saying, like, you're, what, what you're wearing is not like um, nice looking or hip or popular. It's just it, you have your own like flair to your style that a lot of people don't have. And so you may walk in a place and there will be a whole lot of people who will be like, ooh, yeah, what she got on? That's cute, girl, blah, blah, blah. I love her style. She always, you know, like you can tell that whatever you wear, like that's perfectly you. But there are other people, I'm sure they're going to be like, what she got on, blah, blah, blah. She need to be in some this, this, and that. You know, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And I get that. You know, I got that too. So like people said that to you. They're like, "Oh, you're different." Like, Aww. yeah, like that's different. I've heard, yeah, I've heard that's different, but it's mainly from like my mom. No, she don't understand. Like me, my mom why. likes me to like dress outside the box and different things like that. But um, within like the appropriate appropriate venue but some people just still don't care if you don't look like them then you look like trash to them like so it's just they're unnecessary anyway don't even talk about them people you can't really worry about how people are gonna like look at you because it's gonna happen yeah it's gonna happen regardless it's all about how you feel and if you rocking it and you just like yeah i'm killing this then whatever like you shouldn't be i guess What's the word? Sensitive to how people 
perceive, perceive you, you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. because kind of everybody's always sorry. oh no you go because everybody's always gonna have an opinion about you regardless mm-hmm. it could be good or bad like somebody's gonna hate you just gotta pick and choose who you choose to hate back <laughs> just, I was, it was going back. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, and kind of going back to what Alicia said about the versatility of black beauty and black expression, there is no one size fit all. We can all, as Michaela said, slay, and we all have our own definitions to slay because it is a very subjective term and it, it's very much all encompassing depending on the venues and your personal expression and how you choose to. Um, to put on. <laughs> um, so Sterling, you talked about the curl divide um, earlier this week as well. So why don't you um, let the folks know at home what you mean by that? Because a lot of people, when I when I was editing your column and I sent it up to a copy desk to you know copy edit, they were like, "Oh, we've learned so much." Because you know all the two, the three A and three B, and all these different hair types. They were like, "Oh, we we didn't even know that this was a thing." So <laughs> it was very educational for people outside the community. Mm. So we want to um, elaborate. Um. Well, <clears throat> the the curl divide is encompassed within a movement called the natural hair movement, um, which is basically. Uh, for uh, Afro-textured haired people um, who <clears throat> would like to be natural and no longer want to um, like really relax their hair or anything like that. So they are going on this journey to where they're just natural hair, um, whether they do it in protective styles or wear it out or however, they're, <clears throat> they're transitioning or they're natural. So within this community we have people who are kind of like I don't want to say there's people that we have some have like role models or people yeah natural hair gurus but a lot of people don't like being Mm -hmm. called that or whatever but like they're natural hair like role models basically and um they're on YouTube most of the time and they were expressing um, frustration with the natural hair community because a lot of uh, people are like discriminating against certain hair types which are you know like the 3A to 3B looser curl textured pattern all that stuff then there's the 3C all the way through every four which is every level four for a four b four c which is a um kinkier coilier tighter um texture of hair and so what they were seeing were either people commenting like um you need to do something with that doesn't that doesn't look cute your hair is this that and that putting them down in the comment section for a lot of people who had 3c hair on up and then 3a and 3b hair um textured gurus role models were getting you know you subscribers out the kazoo um they were getting praise saying their curls were so pretty and all this stuff not saying that there still wasn't praise to other you know youtube gurus who had the 3c on up hair but it's more it's like it's favoritism basically like towards the looser bigger 
um, curlier hair girls. The more European you look, it, regardless of any culture, like the more European you look or non-African American, African, Afro you're looking, the more praise you're going to get. So what happens is a lot of times people label 3A and 3B hair textured people as either mixed or light skin or, you know, um, they equate it with a race a lot of times, which is not true. You have darker skin females or, you know, um, just like you have darker skin females who have that same hair texture too. The same thing as 3C all the way up through four. You have lighter skin females who have that kinkier, coilier, tighter hair texture as well. Um, so it was it was just kind of a kind of like a thorn in this like beautiful united community that we have just created for the bettering of like our self-image because now you have a divide based on one hair texture and then two people want to add like skin tone with it and it's like yeah. it's it's it shouldn't be like that so yeah i definitely agree and a kind of microcosm of that is you see um generally most of us here stand for uh, queen bee and with um her daughter blue ivy you see people just deride her for her having her natural hair but then see the same people praise someone like um northwest or chris brown's little um adorable daughter royalty (laughs) praise them for the same kind of hairstyle but because they have looser curls and their their aesthetic is more uh is closer to whiteness they're praised for it whereas you know with blue ivy it's like oh someone needs to do something to that child's hair it's like well they are it's just it's just how it looks. Um, so yeah, definitely, it's it's a very prevalent. You see it all the time. And it's so sad if it's not one thing that we're segregating ourselves against. It's another. Like we replaced, even though light skin versus dark skin is still very much a thing. We just added on another thing to se- separate us even more. And for what? Like, what do you prove by saying, oh, her hair is nappy or her, oh, her hair is nice because it's loose? Like, what what do you get from that? The white man is not going to pat your back just because you can separate colors <laughs> and hair types. <laughs> like, that doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's very weird. And I like how you touched on the um, Willie Lynch letter um, and how, you know, regardless of the validity of that letter, who, who authored it or not, just the the message of the letter of creating division between the community in order to to procure power and privilege is, is very interesting and a good I think a very interesting take on this whole curl divide thing. Yeah. It seems like every time we have something good, like there always has to be some type of negativity trying to in, infiltrate and separate us somehow, whether it's like socioeconomic like separation you know, class and stuff, or, you know, of course, uh, skin, skin tone, um, even with geographical area, west against east, south against west and east, like, it doesn't matter, like, (laughs) we're all black, so, um, it's just, that's interesting, like Michaela said, how we always find these ways to divide ourselves for no reason. None. Like, if it's not color, then it's where we just so happen to live. If it's not that, then it's how, how much our hair yeah. coils. Boy, like, for what? Houston against Dallas. Yes, dude. Um, Colleen against uh, 
everybody else. Like, <laughs> I went to go now. look at uh, apartments the other day, right? There's a black girl showing us around um, the apartment complex. And she's like, oh, where are y'all from? And me and my friend, we both happen to be from Houston. And they're like, oh, we're from Houston. And she's like, oh, um, I'm from Dallas, so I can't be friends with y'all. I can only have one Houston friend. I'm like, bitch, what? Like, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. She's like, yeah, you know we gotta hate Houston. I'm like, what? Why? Like, oh, God. I, but what? I mean, for me, I think I like... I like that kind of beef between, not necessarily um, like hair textures and stuff, but like I'm from Houston, so I love my city, and I've I've seen some some pretty ratchet um, Dallas <laughs> Dallas people. <laughs> so when it comes to that, like, but it's like at the end of the day, it's a joke. Like it's yeah. not like oh, like I really can't hang out with you. Like I have a lot of Dallas friends. Like it's nothing, but um, in that aspect, I think it's like. I kind of like it just because I'm very prideful about my city. Um, but even with that, like, it's not even all black people aren't don't live in Houston. All black people mm-hmm. don't live in Dallas. It's like it's diverse. So, yeah. I mean, it's not really yeah. a competition between black people. We just make we make everything a competition. Yeah. Yeah. And we're always trying to one up on somebody else. Yeah. And we don't I've- realize that white people don't even care about any of this. Like, <laughs> they look at us as the, as the same. Exactly. So we're really just destructing <clears throat> our our black, our blackness. Yeah. And I feel like that competition, while it can be in fun sometimes, which literally when I think about it, like everything we do, even at church, we have competitions for what? <laughs> like why? Really? We get the most ties. Yeah, uh, well, you have to like recite the like memory yeah, verses. Whoever can do it be- yeah, really? yeah, that type of thing, but. You um, conventions and stuff. Um, everything has to be a competition between us. And I think that comes from something deeper. Mm-hmm. If you understand what I'm saying, even when it's in jest, there's something like darker behind mm-hmm. that, yeah. and we need, <laughs> we need to take all. We need to all take a look. <laughs> stop, breathe, and take a look at why everything has to be a competition between us, or why we feel like we need to one up each other and divide each other. Yeah, understanding you know? the roots of the problem. Yeah, the roots of the problem. And I feel like it has something to do with slavery, of course, because mm-hmm. everything boils down to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it goes back to what Sterling kind of talked about in the column about being closer to whiteness and just getting that white af- ad- affirmation, affirmation, mm-hmm. excuse me. Um, and while while we're like sitting here saying like oh white people don't care you know that whole thing like oh you're a nigga regardless or whatever <laughs> they do because it's shown historically that they have cared the closer you are to whiteness even when you look at certain statistics where it shows that lighter skinned black people um, get promoted more get hired more are more likely are less likely to be victims of um, of uh, police brutality and less likely to be expelled from school all of these things when you see that you're closer to whiteness you you don't you know just have a clean ride and your blackness isn't invalidated but it definitely is softened and I know for me kind of what you were talking about again in the column sterling about having all these different textures with my hair it's it's very weird because when back in the day when I was you know your typical boy um and I used to like get my hair cut like every two weeks or whatever had to have a fade when my hair is like really low it's like really straight like very straight like people are like oh are you mixed I'm like girl do you see <laughs> no. but my hair is like really mixed and as it grows it mixed 
it's really straight and as it grows it gets like very coily and all mm-hmm. that stuff so when I'd have my haircut you know everyone blah 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 and then as it'd grow and get nappier and all that stuff maybe um I think it's time for a haircut and like I'd internalize that and I'd always say oh yeah of course but it wasn't <laughs> until like my senior year of high school when I was like wait no that's that's inherent anti-blackness because you're saying that I need to get a haircut because my hair is no longer as straight as it used to be it's getting kinkier it's getting coilier mm-hmm. um and then ever since then I've just let it grow out and I'm like you know I won't say that for it I'm like you know screw your screw all of those respectability politics screw all of that kind of um that kind of uh negativity negativity and trying to appeal to to whiteness I'm gonna be me I'm gonna be unapologetically black and I always say that my entire existence from my hair to the color of how dark my skin is to just my gender expression everything is a socio-political statement and it's just a screw you to all of these oppress- axes of oppression that go against not just black people specifically but I, I guess that's the greater pan-African community and just the entirety of blackness not just oh lord that's a whole other conversation I'm not going to go down that route but yes um, so I think that it what you were talking about, Michaela, the roots of it, it is very much trying to be closer to whiteness because with whiteness comes privilege and and some kind of... Um, self-validation. Self-validation. And you, you know what else I noticed? Like, when I would get, like, perm... Uh, perm or, like... Uh, t- my mom wanted to call it a texturizer. Texture. Yeah, to like loosen up my curls. She's like, it's much more manageable, isn't it? Manageable, isn't it pretty? Look at that. And I was like, yeah, cool. Um, like the little girls that I would see on the boxes, they would mostly be like darker skin little girls. I don't know. Maybe it was just the area that I'm in, and because well, I was in New York, and like the but every box with like the quote unquote kitty perm on there, they were little girls that were like my skin tone. And like, like I talked about, I don't, um, I talked about it and I was like thinking about it um, with these new um, product lines that are coming out for, um, for not the natural hair community. Um, the ones that don't have faces on it or anything like that, that's fine, cool, whatever. But a lot that I see that do or on the websites, they have like looser curl textured yeah, hair women and even though that's great I'm not hating on y'all I don't say y'all, y'all need to be taken down but at least show some variety because we have little girls now that of course are natural and their mothers are natural and they're going out and they're buying these products they're going online you know they're showing your daughters okay here here's how you take care of your hair all this stuff and when they see only models that don't have hair that is really similar to them they may be black that's cool that's fine but they're like well what's why why isn't why isn't her hair like my, like why can't I see anybody who has hair like mine you know and so like that's another thing that I brought up like our kids little boys and little girls um going up and just seeing a variety like we need to depict a more you know um what do you call it diverse diverse yeah duh yeah. um diverse you know hair texture yeah. community especially on the products that we're selling Ooh to mothers and kids and like children and they're seeing like hey this is what hair i guess is supposed to look like or mine is mine okay you know i don't want them questioning that 
Yeah, all people hair always try to achieve that look. And mm-hmm. then when you follow those natural hair girls, then you you do it, and then you're like, oh, mine didn't turn out like that. So then you do all kind of things to try to get like that. It's like, no, girl, it just won't look like that. Yeah, y'all don't have the same texture. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> but yeah, that conversation will go on for quite a while, and and I'm glad to see people are are furthering that conversation because I think it's one that needs to be had. So Miss Miss Alicia, sorry, Miss um, Alicia talked about, um, gave an ode, I should say, to black men. Uh, felt it was very needed, I suppose. So why don't you uh, expound upon your, your piece for this week? <laughs> well, um, in this day and age, I just feel like, well, not even now, it's been over generations. But black men, they don't really get the, not necessarily the, well, the respect too, but they don't really get appreciated as much as maybe black women. And so um, I feel like black men do a lot for us, even though we always claim like they not nothing. Um, but I just feel like we need them. We need we need black men in our lives. Like when you think about your father, your grandpa, your uncle, like those um, those figures in your life are very essential. I feel like, and it can shape a, it can shape a child. It can shape anybody's minds of how a man should be, whether they messed up or um, or if they're like really persistent in, in your life and like helping you out. We all need a black man in our life. And I'm, I'm not trying to be a, well, the feminists are gonna hate me, but I just feel like we need black men and we need to appreciate <laughs> them. And you know, not we don't always have to downplay them because at the end of the day, like <laughs> one day y'all are gonna, I mean, these are for the straight people. You're gonna wanna get married and you're gonna want your husband to be like your dad or you're gonna want, you know, like you're gonna want that example. And, okay. <laughs> Am I not making sense? Yeah, you are. No, you're making sense. Continue. Um, you want that kind of yeah. example. That yeah, kind of. I want that example. And even if, I mean, you don't get married to them, I'm just saying you need those in your life. Mm-hmm. Because I was raised, I was raised without a father, and I know a lot of um, a lot of black people are known for that, for not having fathers. And so I just feel like it's very essential. I feel like there's things that I could have learned from him that I don't didn't learn from my mom, and um, that's like missing in my life. So I just think we need to appreciate the black men for what they do. Mm-hmm. More with you. What are y'all y'all's takes on it? Um, I definitely agree. Of what you have to say. Not so much that we need, like, really need them, man. Because, you know, course. we don't need no men. <laughs> really. <laughs> of but, course. Um, yeah, I definitely agree that we need to have black men in our lives. Because even like you, uh, my parents were divorced. But my dad, I wasn't very close to my dad growing up. So I didn't really have a relationship with him. And that partly was my mother's doing for whatever reason. But as I got older... I started to like get in touch with my dad more and I learned like just even over the course of a couple of years, cause this has only been like two or three years, so I've started to get really close with my dad and my eyes have been opened to so much more, if that makes sense. Like I see the world differently than I did when I was younger and I only had like the mother figure in my mm-hmm. life cause she had to be, be both the mother and the father. 
But um, yeah, even like, not saying that he's just limited to boy advice, but like he <laughs> <Boy> advice. <laughs> he just yeah. Da- they're great. My dad is like my best friend, so. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good that People you were able to get. And that. I want to read. Yeah. I want to say, okay, we don't really need them. I mean, we do need them, but not like, oh my gosh, I need a man. Yeah. But they are wanted. Mm-hmm. They need to be wanted. Mm-hmm. Sterling, were you? <clears throat> oh gosh, black men. Now, now that we have given you all this credit. Where credit, you know, has been passed overdue, um, we need you to act right. First of all, um, we don't need y'all out there doing whatever, whenever, you know. We just need you. Yeah, whoever. We need you to have your stuff in line. Um, No matter your sexual preference, like African-American men, you just need to, you know, rise above the stereotypes and, and... and all that foolishness and just have something going for yourself like understand that i'm not taking away anything from y'all i i love our black men y'all are strong y'all are intelligent y'all can do anything that you put your minds to um but at the same time like just make sure you have your stuff in check um so yeah like i i had my dad's african-american my mom's african-american so he was in the household and stuff but i just didn't have that relationship with him regard like because of the military i don't know why but we really just didn't have a close relationship but for me it was just a comforting factor to have like a man in the household and um you know he was there when you know he needed to be all that good stuff um so as I'm getting older, I'm building a relationship with him, love my father. Um, but I know a lot of people who had dads that, of course, like Alicia said, like weren't there, there in their life, or they were, you know, there, but they were there for either the wrong reasons, and they were there, or they were there not contributing, like not doing anything really to help the child, just causing more chaos in that home for the mother. So black men, even though, yes, we want you around, we may not need you, quote unquote, like make sure even, you know, make sure to take care of your stuff and handle your stuff, Um, you know. I just want to say, because I know who is most likely listening to us is in college. If you're a black man in college, all the props to the black brothers that are in college right now, like, y'all are, y'all are amazing. (laughs) I'm so proud of y'all. I feel like a month. Don't drop out. Keep going. Sterling. I'm just saying, keep going. But majority of, there's, I can't remember the number. We have a high retention rate. Yeah, we have a a very high retention rate. Our race. I'm just encouraging. And black people read more than. Black women have a high retention rate. Black men drop out. Are way more likely to drop out. Just throwing facts. <laughs> no, <of course>. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, like, but continue what you were talking about to say. Like Anyways. That. Well, there's actually more black men in college than in jail. Yeah. Yeah. That's very true. That's what's important. Yeah. And the fact that, I don't know if y'all knew this, but black people read more than any other race in America. Read them tweets. Yeah, y'all are smart enough. <laughs> On black Twitter. Read books, Sterling. They read books. <laughs> the kid was over. <laughs> like, what? Yeah, that's true. And we're not the only people who use Twitter. Like, get it. Mm. I didn't say that. 
<laughs> so um, I think Michaela is trying to say that um, you know, give props to black men where they need to be, and I understand Sterling, you know, just taking the not not being contrary, yeah. but just giving an alternative perspective because there is an alternative alternative perspectives. I should say there's not there's never only a binary. Um, because I know often in these conversations where we're, you know, giving odes or whatever, particularly when black women give them to black men, there's kind of this lack of reciprocation where, you know, I hear black women talk all the time about loving black men and how we should affirm or they should affirm them and just show them that they care. But then the opposite is never really stressed. Mm-hmm. So especially if you're active in um you know, online communities, Twitter, you know, Facebook, all these things, you can see, at least I've seen far too much black male um, hatred towards black women. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like rampant anti-black womanness. <laughs> so I think, you know, here are three black women sitting right here in this room. Well, two. <laughs> kind of, you know, Sterling wasn't too affirming, but um, <laughs> at least two in this room who are giving... Um, you props so make sure that you reciprocate that kind of love and affection and that kind of admiration and don't you know degrade black women for you know stereotypes or just any kind of negative generalizations Mm -hmm. that you've internalized or that you've you know that has been popularized through mainstream media and even our own music like hip-hop which is very misogynistic and can be very Mm -hmm. anti-black woman Mm -hmm. Uh, very Yes, very. I don't hate y'all. Like I, I'm giving y'all props. It's just like you have to see the reality in things yeah, and not get too uh, too much on your high horse, you know. Like because I don't know. I just I just see it all the time where it's just like, oh, I don't. I think it is stemming from like kind of like you said like we we can praise them and lift them up like a black woman can help build you up and help you with whatever you need and you know like try you know try to give you the world and then you talk about us like crap and it's not okay like I know I'm probably just getting my feelings and going on a rant about this and I know they they probably do this to you know other women too but I'm just saying it's just Mm -hmm. like you talk about us like we're dirt and and uh, and just beneath just everybody and we're the main ones that have your back we have your back on so many things on so many levels like it's just depressing um but i never want to take anything away from the black man especially the black man that is doing what they are supposed to do and treating all females with the with the kindness and respect like they're supposed to treating all people with equality and the kindness and respect that's what i need y'all to do Mm -hmm. so kudos to you Go black men. Yeah. Go and, kings. Oh, oh, oh D's. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to say, uh, just be worthy of our respect and admiration. Don't don't make us look stupid for mm-hmm. standing behind you. You know, <laughs> like step up to the plate. Yeah. Yeah. Because we want to be though. there for you. Just don't let us down, fam. In this together. Well, on that note, um, kind of the um, the other side of the coin, um, I wrote an ode to uh, black women and just kind of 
I, I attempted to dispel certain myths. Like, you know, a lot of people don't know that black women have the highest college participation rates among all race and gender categories, that they have for the past seven years been proportionally the most active in politics in presidential elections. And just personally, as, as I kind of ended my column off with about how black women have largely been as I said in my column, you should read it. It's really nice and sweet, I think. Um, my saving grace and just how how they've really helped me as a young queer kid just find, you know, my emancipation and love and life and just they've always been in my corner. So I think that's only right for me as a now queer adult, I guess. I'm not a kid anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, who stands firm with black women and who's, who's active in feminist rhetoric to kind of give them the respect that they deserve. It's kind of touching on what what caused Sterling to kind of go off <laughs> last segment. Just, I don't, I don't see it enough from black men. Um, so I wanted to b- break that kind of cycle and, and show from a black male perspective that black women are very much appreciated and that they have, like you said, Michaela, been in our corner and continue to be in our corner when you look at all the you know Black Lives Matter protests, Black Lives Matter protests, and you see it's filled with mostly Black women, but yet, and they're oftentimes more often than not um, protesting on behalf of Black men. But then when you turn around and look at the comment section, then it's you know a slew of Black men talking about how Black women ain't shit. It's like well, you know, there's this kind of cognitive dissonance there. So I just wanted to dispel that myth and and kind of give praise where it's due. I thought it was great. Um, I love how you pointed out there are so many facts, even I didn't know as a black woman, mm-hmm. like about the high retention rate and the job. Um, yeah, the yeah. labor for, because black women are the only, black people are the only group where women are more active in the workforce than mm-hmm. men are. Because white people are 46, well, white women are 46, right? Yeah, white women were forty six percent of the white workforce, and black women were fifty three point eight percent of the black workforce. Yeah. I mean, I just awesome. feel like even from the examples of black women that I have in my life, like they're just admirable. Like you just, they make you want to be the best person that you possibly can. And older black women are so wise. Damn, <laughs> like so much wisdom. Like, girl, ooh, what you been doing all these years? How you? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, like just fountains of wisdom. Yeah. And you just sit down and talk to them as a black man or as a black woman, you will learn so much from them because they're just, they're wonderful. Yeah. And then, like, the um, 92 year old, 82 year old, how old was she? The 106 year old. 106. 106. Obama? Whoa, yes. Yeah. I'm she thinking of my, yeah. my great aunt. She's 92, but yeah, like, they're just amazing just imagine how much that woman has seen in her lifetime and the fact that she got to meet the black the first black president and his wife and she was like oh you look like me i know like that's so beautiful and your wife's black and it was just i was like oh because she was born in 1910 she's seen so much yeah she's seen slavery well, towards the end, she not seemed like sharecropping. Sharecropping, but you just know that she has so She's many, too so many much. stories. Yeah, just uh, bless her. It shows that we keep very well. We do. We oh. live a long time. <laughs> <laughs> we really do. When the man doesn't kill us off. 
Oh God. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, I think <laughs> when I point out in my column how, you know, as black women, they have, you know, a patriarchal society and a white supremacist society working against them, yet they still strive to those to those beyond all other groups in a lot of um, uh, circumstances. So it's just very amazing, like you said, how despite everything else, in, in spite of everything else, they they not only um, um, make it, but they prosper and they succeed. And most of the time they do it with a smile on their face, somehow, somehow. It's, it's, it's magic, it's black girl magic. <laughs> I can't, black girl magic. I just love meeting like women who I aspire to be and you know, look at them and be like, oh, well I hope I'm like them when I'm older and you know, comparing um, their successes to your future success. Um, so I just think we're awesome. And like I said, we live a long time. So <laughs> I can't wait for my children to just look up to me and just like how I look up to my mom. You know, we really are awesome. Yeah. And I think it's just so important, too. That's why I like um, BET's like, pro, like offset program. Um, like Black Girls Rock, and now how they have like the, it's like training and like seminars and different things, and it shows Black women in uh, in every type of field and like position, whether they're in the like entertainment industry or science and math fields, um, and they bring them in and they show like young girls, and they, they just basically tell them like you can do anything, like you're beautiful, you're strong, you're bl- you're bro- you're bold, you're brave, like you're a Black woman and. And um, I, I just have so much appreciation for the black women that have poured into me in my life because they basically a lot of them are what who like who shaped me and mold me to be the woman that I am today. So shout out to you know who you are if you ever get to hear this podcast. <laughs> I love y'all and we all love y'all. So yeah, tell black women. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> black girls rock. Okay. Um, <laughs> so on that note, this is our final final take. So Aww. any any final words, any lessons learned with this very interesting Black History Month that we've had this year? What do y'all think? Lessons any, any learned? Any final thing, or just any final words in general? Um, I mean, this was nice. It was, yeah. I love talking about being black. Yeah. When Sterling's not cutting you off, it's very nice. (laughs) (laughs) Sterling, any any final words? It's never the right time to say goodbye, but we know, but we that we gotta go our separate ways. Chris Brown. Sterling, you're so. (laughs) I feel like we should talk about this more than just February. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. It's sad that we get the shortest month of the year, but. We need to be, we need to recognize like black achievements, a lot of just black things in general mm-hmm. over the year, not just February. Yeah, same. Black Amen. history year. Black history life. Black history That's life. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, this was, this was very nice. And it's just good to have these conversations with, with, with the right company, with people <laughs> who, who understand and not, you know, talking to, a figurative brick wall. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so, on that note, if you have any questions, 
tweet us at University Star, or you can leave a comment on our webpage, universitystar.com. We're very receptive to uh, feedback. So for our final hurrah, Miss Alicia, Michaela, and apparently Queen Sterling, and me, your host, Brandon Sams. Until next time, signing out.